This is Sports Best presented by Repost on the Reposted Podcast Network. Coming at you like a perfume ambassador at the mall trying to get you to smell their product at all costs. He is Larry Dryshower Olson. I am Andrew Noir Keller. Do you remember this phenomenon at the mall? I don't think they still do it anymore, but uh, were you ever were you ever getting the, 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 the little piece of cardboard shoved in your nose? God, I miss those days. True story. Last night, we're at dinner. My daughter had put in some lotion on, and we're sitting down. She came to the table late. My wife, her mom, was like, hey, what do you have on? You smell too much. Go and wipe some of that off. Wow. Yeah. That's a scent shaming. Something I learned later in life is if you put lotion on a lot, uh, it'll mess up your steering wheel. It'll, it'll start to make your steering wheel this color. I like that my wife did scent shaming. I can't wait to tell her that. Oh, so great. Well, we start today with the age-old question, to tank or not to tank. <laughs> I love this quote from mega agent Scott Boris. This is the Easter Bunny delivering rotten eggs. Every team says, I need to do this because it's my only option. Knowing I can't reach a divisional crest, I can't get to the playoffs. So as you might or might not know, baseball is headed for a strike here coming up December 1st. Potentially Ooh. their first one since 1995. The players want more money and how they're going to divvy it up. The owners don't want to give them anything. Scott Boris is on his pedestal trying to preach the players should get more money, of course, because then he therefore makes more money. Mm-hmm. What, what is true, though, is recent winners of the World Series, which would be like your Houston Astros and, to some degree, the Atlanta Braves. They tanked, they sucked for a while, got a bunch of draft picks, and then became really good. Hold so, on. Yes. Has your baseball team won in the last five years? Why was that not on the list? Well, because they have not gone the way of the tank. Right. So I just want to give them credit. Yes. Thank you. They didn't tank. They they don't rebuild, Andrew. They just reload. Reload. Thank you. So should a team tank? Like, do you think it's unethical if you're a fan of a team that for five years your team's just going to lay out stockpile drafts and then maybe in year six you're going to be good again? I mean, you got to play within within the confines of what the league has, and if it if it benefits you to do that, then you should. I mean, is Major League Baseball a business or is it a sport that is a uh, a, a public utility that we we it's our right to have our team do well? Like, if you hate the fact that your team's tanking and everyone collectively stops tuning in and stops going to games to be like, hey, stop it. That might change things. But I think he has a point in the fact that they should change the way it's structured. But, I mean, play within the confines. You're, you're five years away from being five years away from winning. Because it doesn't always pay off. No, it doesn't, right? Sometimes you tank and it doesn't work. But I would just say Scott Boris is only giving you opinion that players should make more money. Therefore, right. there should be no tanking. So he's only giving you one side of the story. But as a fan of your team that sucked for a while, you would love to have a rule that they can't do this. They can't suck all the time. But also as like a fan, would you rather your team just keep trying the same method over and over and, and just never going all the way as opposed to me like, all right, I'm going to take my lumps and and put in the quote time to be able to get better. I mean, that's kind of the way that you would approach uh, like individual sport for yourself like if, if what you're doing isn't working try something different whether that's working out more or trading away good players to tank and then hopefully rebuild so i would rather 
have two terrible years with the, with the potential promise of a great season three years from now versus 60 years of never going the distance. Yeah. And I've, I'm just saying, I think this is like um, team by team. Like some teams have built up trust and they know what they're doing. So then you right. trust them. Some teams like the Jacksonville Jaguars just perpetually suck. And they're like, oh, we're still tanking. Like, come on. Or the Lions. The Lions. Great example. Yeah. And, but also like it can turn quickly because Boston, the Red Sox didn't have trust forever. Right. And now they do because they made changes. Yep. I'd say the Giants in the mid nine late nineties weren't trustworthy. And then all of a sudden they rattled a few off and now they're considered to be more trustworthy. So there you go. Yeah. Speaking of the world series, Jock Peterson, formerly of the Dodgers and now of the Braves, we talked about him a few times now has donated or temporal temporarily loaned his pearl necklace Hell. to the hall of fame in Cooperstown, a handful of different people, Donated things to Cooperstown, spikes worn in game six by Braves reliever Will Smith, spikes worn by Max Freed, who pitched six shutout innings, fun things like that. Have you ever been to Cooperstown? Would, would you seek out this pearl necklace? Um, well, I've never been to Cooperstown. I'm wondering what the odds are that it will ever get there. I feel like it's 20%. That you'll ever go? I, that I will ever go to the, oh. to the what, what's the odds you're going to go? Oh, I would say much lower than that. Oh, really? Like 5%? Yeah. I, the only yeah. way I'm going to go there is if someone plans something and I and like that's included in the entire <laughs> itinerary. Like, I'm never going to be like, let's go to Cooperstown. What Hall of Fame would you want to go to the most? The Tennis Hall of Fame, the Golf Hall, NFL, Cooperstown? Maybe tennis. I feel like that's going to be a little bit less yeah. overwhelming. I've been to the College Football Hall of Fame. Oh. That's pretty cool. But, and that again, that wasn't a destination for me. So, I don't think I've ever been to a Hall of Fame for anything. Maybe you should look into that. I should. But I, I do Hall wonder, like, if, is this like a, like, is this like a, like, for a year, people are going to want to see these pearls and then they're going to, like, take it away and, like, nobody will care? I think so. I think maybe in a couple months, people won't care. Yeah. It's, I think it's, it's, it's cool. He did it. It's good for him. It's good publicity. Good for him marketing himself. Maybe get some endorsement deals from it. It's good for Jock Peterson. I don't know if it's necessarily good for Cooperstown. Come. To baseball's Hall of Fame. Come see our pearl necklace. Should that be their slogan? <clears throat> it, it might be. I think that might not help attendance, but they should try it. <laughs> Simple question. What is the most prestigious and highest ranked public university in all of the land, Andrew Keller? What's What university is the highest ranking or what position in a university? No, what university in the United States is the highest ranking public university? Oh, um, Purdue. No, I don't know if that's public, but routinely public. the university, because everyone thinks it's private. The university of California, Berkeley is routinely rated as one of the top public universities in all of the land. So, wow. you know, it seems like they're smarty pants over there. Nevertheless, 44 members of the Cal football team tested positive for COVID. And for the first time all football season, they had to postpone a college football game against USC Crazy. to next month. December Cal 4th. September. So this is what I just can't understand. Smart people, Cal, the yep. team's 99% vaccinated, and Cal had to have a football game postponed and not like Louisiana Tech and not like Alabama State. I'm just <laughs> utterly confused by Why that. Why are you hating on Rust in Louisiana? I'm not. 
but I just can't believe that Cal couldn't get their act together, but every other college in the country could. This isn't being widely reported on, but in mid-August, Dan Rogers gave the uh, the team a pep talk saying, hey, guys, make sure you're immunized. And I think that's part of the contributing factor to it is uh, the Aaron Rodgers stink is rubbed off on Cal Berkeley. Or they, uh, they forged some numbers because they didn't think they were ready for SC and wanted a little bit more time to prepare. I'm, first of all, I'm baffled that only one college football game was postponed. I just think that's pretty cool, right? I mean, hey, everybody's mm-hmm. following the protocols. They're getting things together, or maybe the fudging numbers. I don't know. But how in the world is Cal the one school that can't get their act together? Uh, I, I, maybe it's just uh, the, the culture of Berkeley and Northern California, what they're living in. They have this false sense of security being like, all right, everyone's, everyone's vaccinated. I did read two players are not vaccinated. The university did not release if one of those or both of those players were the ones that also ones of the 44. Uh, I mean, I think it's a bigger deal if some of these people are getting terminally ill, but other than that, it's like they're following protocol. I'm wondering if this is going to be a thing next season. Is COVID protocol going to last us forever? I think not. Once again, I think my stance is I'm, I'm super proud of all the colleges in the America that have followed the protocol and not had a game postponed. As opposed to Cal, I guess Kim shocked that Cal couldn't get this together in Alabama State camp. Anyways, can you name any famous alumni from the uh, Louisiana Tech? I should be able to. I, I it's like right there. Terry Bradshaw yeah. went there, and he when he when he first got there, he was backing up Phil Robertson of Duck Dynasty. Duck, oh. and he quit. The Robinson guy quit to make his duck calls because he didn't love football, and uh, now. Old Terry Bradshaw going to Pittsburgh. So there you go. Ruston, Louisiana. I, the only time I've been detained by the police is in Ruston, Louisiana. Damn. Well, in honor of me flying to Colorado later today, we're talking about the School of Mines, which is located <laughs> in Golden, Colorado, just outside of Boulder. This professor, Ning Lu, who's taught there for 25 years, claims that football coach Greg Brandon bust into his class, blowing the whistle, told everyone they needed to leave because he was commandeering the classroom. The university is not acknowledging whether that happened or not. Uh, they said that uh, he's still the football coach, but Professor Lou has claimed that Mr. Brandon committed workplace violence in public, not only verbal violence, but physical intimidation. This is such a crazy story. It's like, who could even make this? Like, I feel like it has to be true because why would this be made up? But also, why would this even happen? Someone's embellishing. What do you make of this? I don't even know where to start. Well, so what I don't understand, which I'm hoping you help me out with Colorado Buffalo, is the Colorado School of Mines a football powerhouse in some way? No, they are a... Top tier engineering school, one of the best engineering schools in the country. Bunch of nerds. Uh, the I was in Sigma Nu in Boulder, which is about thirty miles away, Thanks. and when somehow word would get out that we were having a party, the school of mine Sigma Nu guys would try to be, like, "Hey guys, we're going to come to your party." Like that was the main thing about them. It's a, academically, it's an amazing school. Snakes, God, I hate snakes. Anyways, oh the, this is this is you're proving my point is that it's obviously a well-run uh, institution for academics 
And this they had this had to have happened because they were in a class and they barged in and wrecked the class. So I just don't understand why this football coach is all of a sudden thinking like there was some sort of scheduling snafu and he thought he should have the room. And then he tried to prove his point to this professor that's been there for 25 years. Uh, that it feel, right. Yeah, that makes sense. Like maybe he actually had scheduled the classroom. And he went to the wrong place. Like it does. It, the way it reads on the surface is like jocks trying to push around the nerds yeah. like from an 80s movie for like no reason. But there has to be a reason. Yeah, there, there has to be a reason. But I don't know if once again, if you're an academic institution and you're the football coach going in and blowing whistles and blowing up the class is the res- way to resolve that in that you're not going to win that argument. No, I mean, you're not going to Nick Saban's not going to win that argument in <laughs> Alabama. I mean, ah. he has enough facilities that that's not going to matter. Ah. But also, the the professor would probably fall in line at a bigger university like that. I just would like to go on the record and say I feel like Nick Saban would win that argument, and I believe if Nick Saban killed a man on campus and everybody knew it, he'd still win that argument. Probably. So but not in Baton Rouge and not at Louisiana Tech. Good point. Good point. Terry Bradshaw. I love this story so much. I, don't, I feel like I know when it's going to be a good sports best show if we're talking about Mississippi State coach Mike Leach. I just know it's going to be a great show, and it turns out we are. After Mississippi State missed three field goals against Arkansas in a 31-28 loss, Coach Mike Leach announced an open tryout for the kicking position. Leach said that the Bulldogs heard from 40 students interested in attending the tryout. So... <laughs> First of all, if if you were somewhat good at kicking, would you want to go and kick for Mississippi State? Second of all, do you think this is the best way to handle your kicking problem? I think maybe it's a good way to get uh, attention from boosters, being like, we're trying anything possible. Oh, it, the first yeah. thing I thought of was this is the plot of the replacements, I think. <laughs> this is a plot of some movie being like, hey, open trial. There was one with about uh, the Eagles doing this, having open tryouts and Keanu Reeves or something. So he doesn't really think you, you think that he's not thinking, Oh, I'm going to find my next kicker somewhere on campus and let's try this out. He might think that, I mean, at some point you're like throwing your hands up in the air because also kicking is not really a football specific skill. So you can get someone off the street that can kick as Tim Tebow proved, you can't be off the street and play tight end. Like there's skills. So like you could find a, someone from the soccer team or someone I don't know. I think it's it's optics of like we're trying whatever yeah. we can. Don't okay. shoot the messenger because they missed three field goals last last week. Okay, so here's my question: What are the odds that someone in the Mississippi State community that's not on the football team would be a better kicker than what they already have? What are the odds of that? Like five percent? No. 1%? Like thirty percent. I think it's more oh, really? likely that they're going to find a kicker better than their current one than you go to Cooperstown. Really? Yeah. 30% so. that someone on the Mississippi State campus kicks better than the kickers they currently have in uniform. Is it just to the student body or is it to anyone that wants to show up? Well, I think it's got to be a student because, right, otherwise they wouldn't be able to transfer and all that stuff. Yeah. I so it's got to so. be just a student body. I mean, no matter how it shakes out, they're not going to be able to have a different kicker for their game against Auburn this yeah. week. And um, also, I mean, they're not going to win the SEC this year. So what are you really trying to do? Once again, I know it's going to be a good show. If we're talking about Mike Leach, I feel like it's a good show. The second indicator of being a good show is we talk about Logan Paul fight night. Yes. Former San Francisco running back is going to fight Daron Williams on December 18th as one of the undercards. (laughs) Gore, who is 38 years old, 
five-time pro ball, five-time pro bowler, third on the rushing leader list at 16,000 yards even, which blows my mind. Adrian Peterson, number five, who's the only active player in the top five. Do you th- I don't know if he'll catch him. He's got to get another 1,200 yards. This is, I don't know. I don't know what to think about this. No, you don't. You know exactly. We've talked about this sport. This is brilliant. I want to see. I don't, I don't, these boxers, MMA, but I don't even know any of these names. But I would love to see Frank Gore, an NFL star, fight Darren Williams, an NBA star. This is brilliant. Yeah. I mean, the real winner at the end of the day for this is the NFL. But I mean, this is one of those things like Cooperstown. I'm not going to watch it unless it's on in the room that I'm in. Yeah. Yeah. I'm definitely so, curious to see what happens and I'll read a report of the game. But um, I, I think the, the more interesting thing I think we've kind of talked about before is Logan Paul figuring out a way to cash in on these fight night things, because that's going to have, I think that has bigger draws than actual pro boxing. Okay. So here's my question. Logan Paul at fury. is a pretty good fighter. Mm-hmm. Logan Paul's not, fighting fury is he he is not tyson fury oh he's fighting some other guy named fury different fury oh okay okay uh, tommy fury is that some dude i should know um i don't know if you should know tommy fury or not i don't know but here's the that okay if we ever talk about this again can you tell me how much money logan paul's making for these fights because it's like you think he's making making tens of millions of dollars oh he is so he's getting tens per fight he's making 10 million yeah He's wow. making... God bless him. God bless him. Okay, so uh, Tommy is the half brother of Tyson Fury. Oh, okay. he's seven and zero. Oh. Okay. Uh, I'm I'm not quickly seeing what the payday is. We'll get that on a different 10 episode. million bucks. God bless him. God bless him. Like I said, he's he's cracked the. I mean, it's it's mobilizing his social media following, and yes. people are tuning into it. Yes. Amen. So, Amen. There you go. Well, the current. Women's world record for the 100 meter is 10.49 seconds, but a new world record has been submitted into the books. Yeah, what's her name? Nancy Pelosi is Thank your favorite. You. Name a I didn't know this was going to be an episode Pelosi. about. Do it. You can't. Think... You can't. You can't name can't. a hotter lady than 84 years old Nancy Pelosi. You can't. Not fan of the show, Greg Vandenbosch, you can't either. I think not fan of the show, Greg Vandenbosch agrees with you. He's uh, coming over for dinner tonight. Oh, he is? Yeah. Oh. He's going to be my partner in the Calcutta. Well, continuing the Louisiana theme, Julia Hurricane Hawkins <laughs> ran a new Louisiana record 100. She's 105 years old. Took her one minute and two seconds to get there. The craziest thing to me is not the fact that a 105-year-old ran this race, not the fact that it was a world record, is that they have a division that's a 105-plus. How many people even qualify to run that? I don't know. So she goes 10 meters in a minute? One minute, three seconds. No, but she goes, it takes her, so it's ten, oh, is the 100-meter, what is it? 100-meter. So she, yeah, so she takes her ten a minute to go 10. Yeah. And the current world record for women is Florence Griffith Joyner, 10 seconds, 49, 10.49 seconds. And this is one minute, 2.95. Did you, was there like a YouTube of this? Did you watch the race? I, I couldn't watch that. It's a, 
It was it was available and it was not something I could watch. <laughs> really? It's not no. I can't watch it. I, <laughs> even if I knew she was going to make it, I would have thought she was going to fall over, and I can't handle that. God, I just love this story. She's 105, and I mean, yeah. And because it was held in Louisiana, former Louisiana Tech quarterback Terry Bradshaw was there at the award ceremony and put the medal around her neck, gave her a big kiss on the cheek. It was very sweet. Is she the hurricane? What'd you call her? Yeah, Julia Hurricane Hawkins. Listen, I mean that's a, that's a no-brainer nickname of anyone that lives in Louisiana. I think I'm right? gonna go on a record and say there's no hotter 105 year old than the hurricane. I'm just gonna say it. Do what you want. All right. Well, this has been Sports Best. We'll keep an eye out on this uh, Logan Paul, Jake Paul. I don't know who it is. Situation. See you next week. I'm Andrew for Larry Earthquake Olson. Yeah, stuff. Bye.